It is time for a uh, Southside Hit Pin podcast. Clinton Cole here with Brett Valentini and uh, Brett and I have, this is our, I don't know, second or third one, but we have not done one, Brett, since, what, December together? Yeah. Who are you? Yeah. Photographer, writer, what, who are you? Clint Cole? Okay. I think I remember you from some months back. I think so. Yeah, we. Uh, I think actually the last time I think we talked was after they signed Grandall. I think. I, I uh, yeah, there was uh, optimism, and it turned out to not to to be uh, not unfounded. Clint, can you believe it? Yeah, he uh, Grandall was a, a slow start, but uh, he's really turned it on lately. Definitely one of the things uh, we'll get to. But the White Sox, Brett, are, are five and four now after starting one and four. They took care of business this weekend they swept the royals which i mean you want to you want to take two out of three obviously from every series but it it just felt like if you took two out of three from the royals here and didn't sweep them it it just would have felt it just wouldn't have felt as as good as a sweep well especially with the start had they you know snuck up on the twins at home maybe had they had they stole two from cleveland okay then maybe you could not look at it like you had to have all three but boy coming in the way they did and then after the uh, certainly after last night's game, the blowout, you thought, come on, you really got to, uh, you know, just finish this off and get the sweep. They're going to have to do that against the Tigers and the Royals all year, frankly. And it's, yeah, I, I guess the, it was a perfect situation today for, for Dylan Cease. I mean, as you mentioned, the, uh, they, they pounded him last night and they, they won it on Friday. But then today it was one of those things where it's like, you know, yeah, they should win, but you have Dylan on the mound, and you just don't know what's going to happen yet because he hasn't strung two good starts together in a row. And he was he was awful at Cleveland, so it was it was it was just a perfect storm here today for him. And, and he's pitched very well, went six innings, and did what he had to do. Well, you can't. The bullpen's been so good, but you can't depend on them to pretty much bail out these short starts forever. And I think we all knew going in, and and Ricky said going in, that, you know, the the starters weren't going to be counted on to really get super taxed. Uh, I'm sure if they could go seven or eight, it'd be great. But, you know, he was was ready to pull guys early. It's just third inning, fourth inning. That's not really going to be doing it at any point. So at some point, things are going to swing, and the bullpen's going to have a rough stretch. So you want to get this rotation where you're getting at least – three, hopefully four, really strong starts every turn so that it's not always going to be a situation where the bullpen's got to just come in and be lights out the way they have. The biggest things, as you mentioned, the bullpen is, you know, it's not as glamorous as the debuts of Madrigal and Robert, but, you know, the bullpen has been outstanding. Uh, Robert and Madrigal, I mean, Madrigal today, four hits, four for five today. Robert had four last night, right? Or Mm -hmm. I think, or, but those two guys they've they've made their debuts and it's it's been a long time coming here waiting as white Sox fans for these two guys and you add those two with with aloy and moncada and now grandal and who knows when encarnacion is going to get going but i just this lineup is once they have everybody healthy and mazara's back this lineup top to bottom is i don't know from top to bottom if they're if i have seen a better uh, more dangerous White Sox lineup, maybe in my life. Uh, I, I don't know about that, but I mean, we're outside of the World Series. But I, I don't know. What, what do you think of that? If if everyone p- plays their potential. Well, when you know, Madrigal has not been around, but for three games. But that's what he said after the game today. He said, "Listen, we're not even clicking together yet. When we click, it, it is going to be scary." And 
you know, there's a lot of ifs there, yeah. you know, uh, providing, you know, injury doesn't kick in. Uh, the fact, unfortunately, we're only going to get 60 games to see how good this offense could be. But, geez, the way it's starting. Uh, you know what you really love about this weekend? They slugged the heck out of the ball on Saturday. So they won with the big hits, including Luis Robert, uh, Jimenez. I mean, both of them just being a triple shy of a cycle. Today they had, I think, 14 hits, 13 singles, six walks, so they chipped away. And the fact that they did both of those things, still put up big runs in both games, that's really need to know they don't have to hit five homers to score big runs and win a game. Uh, but they can play station to station, uh, you know, the, the Nick Madrigal game, the Tim Anderson games. Uh, that noise you heard was Penny burping, so that's All just, right! Yeah. Dog cameo! And Rose is about to start barking here in a second, so that's good. Um, but yeah, I, you know, the... Last year, I guess for the last 10 years, I know there's been, I know a couple years in there, they, they had a few decent years and were in it until July or August, or whatever, but that doesn't really make any difference to me. It's been 10 years since they, or it's been 2008 since they made the playoffs, so over 10 years. And it just seems like it's just one thing or another. And just to see them clicking like that, hitting with runners on base, it's just, it, it's, it's, it's a good thing to see. I know they're just five and four, but man, this is, it's an exciting brand of baseball to watch. And I mean, we'll, we'll get to the pitching in a second, but I, I just, it's fun. It's, it's appointment television since there's only 60 games, you know, and it, it's, it's a lot of fun to just sit down and watch the team hit. And the other thing, you know, that, that first weekend against Minnesota, that first night, they fell down five, nothing came back and tied it. You just, they're never going to be out of a ball game. It doesn't seem like. Yeah, the tricky thing about um, career years for guys is you don't really know their career years right. until you see the rest of their career. But you've got guys who are young, so you think they're not even there yet. You don't have a lot of veterans here who are going to be topping off where Grandal has some kind of crazy triple crown year where you say, well, okay, he was playing over his head. So the fact that this is going to be a team that, as good as they might be this year, definitely has a range of years that where they're going to be as good or better. The idea that you can, I think, comfortably say these aren't going to be career offensive years. You're not going to have a, a, a once-in-a-lifetime offense. It might be a, a decade or half-decade-long offense from the White Sox. Wow, that is very hardening. And, and I think, as you remarked, we just it's been a long time coming. Yeah. We haven't seen this in a long, long time. And, I mean, it's been a long enough decade that I think I think we're due, Clint. I think we're due for this. I am hoping you're right. And the, the thing is, you know, if Encarnacion wasn't, Edwin Encarnacion and it was somebody else that they signed to DH. I mean, I, I know Andrew Vaughn just got drafted last year, but man, that kid, he looks like he could step in right now and play every single day and perform. But I mean, we're not going to see that because of the, because of who they have. Um, but, you know, as you mentioned next year with, with, with Encarnacion and then eventually with the Brayu, I mean, it just seems like, We've got guys that are ready to go right after that, too. Yeah, you're going to have a strange, uh, you know, I mean, I won't call it a log jam, but, I mean, you got Brayhu here for a number of years still. Encarnacion could be one and done, but, I mean, you do have to find a place for Vaughn to play as soon as next year. It's a great problem to have. We've rarely had too many bats. But, yeah, I'll take a, I'll take surplus bats. Uh, I think we'll, we'll find a way to make it work. I don't think it's going to have to be stashing uh, – Andrew Vaughn at third base or something crazy like that. But I mean, it's, it's just nice to have perhaps a surplus of offense. This is, this is crazy talk, Clint. And it's funny you mentioned Vaughn at third base. I mean, he's taken from everything I've seen, you know, I, you know the minor league workout and then 
you know, that inner squad game, I mean, he's been playing third base. And, you know, I, when I interviewed him for, for Future Sox, we talked about third base and he said that, you know, he, he played third base before he played in, in high school and it's not something that's just completely brand new to him. So I, I don't know, maybe, who knows, maybe that's their plan. I, who knows what their plan is or what they're going to do, shuffle things around. But obviously that's, that's not something that's going to happen this week or tomorrow or anything like that. Um, we could talk about the future all for for hours, but uh, we kind of talked about the pitching or the uh, the hitting, but the, the pitching. You know, Giolito's first start not good, second start very good. Keiko has been good, and then after that, it's just been a. I mean, Cease was good today, as we mentioned, but not having Kopech is is obviously uh, it's turning out to be uh, even worse than we thought. Uh, I know Gio's a Gio's a veteran, you know, and he's he's been around and stuff. But uh, uh, I don't know. You don't know what you're going to get with Rodon. I mean, what, what are your early thoughts on this pitching staff? Well, Cease, you know, the thing you like to hear from him today after the game was talking about how he's observing guys like Giolito and seeing how they don't get too down after a bad start, which obviously is referring to the first start of the season. And if he can, I mean, as you know, Dylan pretty well. And, and by the way, I think he's a guy we got to nominate to get into that uh, post-game dance because he is as straight-laced as anybody I've, I've seen on the White Sox. He is, he is a, you know, <laughs> interrupt you real quick. So last year when he made his first start, you know, I tweeted something out that Dylan sees to remind his mannerisms are, are basically like Kyle Hendricks on the mound. He just, there, there's no emotion one way or the other. And he's just an even kill dude. And that's, that's just the way he always has been. So if you get a guy like that, so you know, such a contemplative sort, I mean, you'd like to think that he is really picking up on that. And that could play, pay, you know, even in this weird short season, that could pay big dividends. Not too terribly concerned about the, the three spot there. You know, Lopez obviously up in there with, the, with his injury or his broken spirit or whatever it is. Gio, you know, I think I think he's going to work up to where he can. he's going to give you a decent five. I mean, I like the fact that even though it was a really short start that, you know, was scoreless. Uh, and, you know, again, the bullpen sort of bailed him out, but it was scoreless. Rodon, you know, it does seem like there's a, a little bit missing there, but he could still be very well rounding into shape. You want to see more bite a slider because that really, you know, that's his bread and butter, and, and that's a concern if, if, if he just becomes a guy who has regular stuff. I mean, as a fifth starter, I guess that's still okay, but you, you'd really like to see him flash, you know, number three starter, you know, and you certainly don't want to see him flash, hey, you got to go to the bullpen. So obviously there's still some some real questions in the rotation, but you know it's not you know given you know no Kopech given that the Lopez is hurt. I mean uh, still in pretty decent shape and and with the bats maybe you can afford to sort of uh, tread you know water a, a, a couple few times through the rotation just to get everybody's feet under them and, and then hopefully maybe the second half of the season <laughs> the stretch run of the stretch run uh, you really get some great starts out of these guys. I think um, thinking about the rotation and guys that have gone down, I think. You know, Dane Dunning, I think, is ready to go. That's another guy that, man, if something happens with someone else, I mean, you've got to believe he's the next man up, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I have to think he just missed making the team uh, to Lambert by, by a hair in the first place. So I think right. he's definitely, yeah, he's your he's your uh, number six, number seven, whatever. He's your number one Schaumburg starter. You know, I think with Jonathan Stever, they're going to maybe still be a little careful with him, given that he was battling some stuff in the spring. But, you know, again, for a guy who might you might ask to give, you know, I don't know, three innings, you know, almost an opener type of start. I mean, I think that's a guy you can plug in too. But I think Dunning gives you, yeah, a very legitimate. Uh, again, I don't know what number we're on, but you know, like a like a, I think he's like a nine really or so now. <laughs> star. 
uh, and not feel like, oh, geez, we're really compromising things and we're like digging into, you know, Gary Crochet or something. Right. Um, so, you know, you, you like that depth given the fact that you got two big names, two guys who are going to be in the top five and Kopech and Lopez, you know, not even playing at this point. It's a good thing to see. Like, we're, we're talking about these things and it's just amazing. I, I guess, you know, from once the rebuild started, you know, all the people – just doubting Rakan and just doubting the rebuild and everything. And we're here. Like this is, this is it. You're seeing the fruits of the rebuild right now. And it's, if, if there's White Sox fans out there right now that are having problems still with this team or the constructionist team or whatever it may be, I just, will you ever be happy? Like I, I don't, I still see on Twitter, people still, you know, I'm not talking about the lineups being made, that type of thing. But like right. the overall thing, it's just like, what more do you want? Yeah. I mean, I think what Han did, you know, was the real key. And I think he was sort of waiting to strike. And I think a lot of fans wanted to see it happening sooner. I, I might have even been one of those. But certainly in the off season, where he not only knew he had the the young talent coming, you know, how soon whether uh, Robert was going to sign an extension to get him up this year, right or not. But, you know, combine that with some legit, you know, free agent expenditures that weren't crazy. They were legit. And, and I think, by and large, pretty smart. Uh, that's the combination I think, you know, fans were really waiting on it. And you're right. If after being satisfied both in the, with, with spending some money and the talent not completely all flaming out, I know there's still people we want to, you know, we want all those young outfielders uh, uh, in Schaumburg. We want to see, you know, somebody distinguish themselves. But you know, the fact that you got Roberts, you got Madrigal up now, uh, you got some of that pitching coming up now. I, yeah, it is really hard to understand why at this point you would have legitimate uh, beefs with this roster, with the performance, with, with Ricky Renteria, really with anything. Not that we're supposed to be all super happy at, at five and four, but, you know, we're poised and that's all you want to be. You know, we don't know what's going to happen, whether, you know, guys get hurt or they, they fulfill all their promise, but... You just want to be poised right. to do some damage, and I and I think definitely, definitely in 2020 they are. Uh, the we talked about the starting pitching. We kind of mentioned the bullpen. Let's I want to talk a little more in depth about the bullpen. Um, I think you know, I'll be honest. Last year, Ross Detweiler was my least favorite person in the world, <laughs> and and this year he has retired his first 16 batters. Right? I mean, that's just what. That didn't see that coming. Yeah, she. You know, he's he's healthy. Last year, I know he was he was a little uh, he right. was nicked up in a way a little more substantial than you expect from just wear and tear. And yeah, I think he did get his uh, his retired batter streak snapped today. Yeah. But he still had a great uh, outing. He's a guy you could legitimately not just in a <laughs> in a in a in a, a tire fire situation, but he's a guy you can legitimately I think count on for an inning or two at this point. And, I don't think any of us predicted that going in. I don't think we have to lie and say that we were thinking about big things from Ross Detweiler. And, you know, the fact that, you know, even this guy's stepping up, man, whatever, whatever water they're drinking, whatever brand of bottled water that's out in the bullpen, you know, keep it coming, White Sox, because something's really good is going on in that bullpen. And to the point where really the only guy who's done outright poorly is not even on the team any longer. Yeah. And, and that was just a. That's someone that I wish they could have gotten rid of last year, but that's another topic. He's gone now; doesn't really matter. Another guy that I, you know, last year I, I didn't dislike, but wasn't expecting this this year was is Evan Marshall, and that and that changeup is just. 
I, I, I guess when you put together a, a ball club, you need things like this to happen for for a, a successful season. You need guys that we, we mentioned careers as batters, but like you need pitchers that do some pretty incredible things as well. And, and having them in the bullpen, that's pretty awesome. Evan Marshall and Ross Dewiler. We haven't even talked about Cody Hoyer, but I, I think those two guys like didn't see it coming from either of those two guys. Yeah, a little sneaky preview. Uh, one of our new writers, Luke Smales, is a guy who's very analy- uh, analytical, analytically built. I'll get that out. Uh, and he's doing a piece right now on both Marshall and Jimmy Cordero. Two guys. I mean, I know everybody sort of fell in love with Cordero last year, biceps, etc. cetera. Right. Uh, you know, his, his numbers, you know, wouldn't necessarily blow your hair back. But the fact that Ricky really has – he's counted on those guys. I don't want to say as like two key guys out of the pen, but he's really gone to them uh, early as sort of those middle relief guys. And, man – They've been very strong. Uh, Marshall's changeup is nuts. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to reading that article to see sort of what uh, Luke sort of uh, digs out of all of that. But, I mean, just the eye test really for all these guys is like, what's going on here? I mean, you, you just got – I mean, I don't want to be too giddy. I don't want this to be Christmas morning. I mean, we should be expecting this. We're demanding White Sox fans. We're not clown fans. We're just happy because of the fireworks. But, man uh, – <laughs> these are these are okay times. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely uh, a lot different. And you know, Lambert looked good, and and Cody has been, and Cody looks like I, I, I'm going to say this: Cody could be the closer for the Cubs right now. Like, that yeah. <laughs> I mean, if if he was on their team, you'd have to think that they would have given him a shot. Since they haven't having, you know what I mean? It's just, could end up being the closer, right? The yeah. <laughs> I mean, you throw him with him with Bummer, and then. Column A, who, which, I'll be honest, I was in the camp of, of last trade deadline that I wanted them to move Column A because I knew Bummer could handle it this year. But he's here, and it's it's like it's a it, it's an abundance of riches in the bullpen right now. Yeah, you like Hoyer in terms of just like his devil may care attitude. You know, he sort of had this fast ascendance, and you know, I, I believe it wasn't even that long ago he was still starting. Uh, you know, it's almost like you don't want him to sort of uh, stop and smell the coffee at all because it's just like, man, just keep going with whatever you're going with. But you just, you know, you love, you know, he's he's talking about his first save today. He's like, ah, I didn't know if it was a save or not. But, you know, she and I, and, you know, he's sort of even being a little self-deprecating because he thinks he sort of pitched himself into the save situation. But he just gets out there, chucks, goes after guys. And, of course, you want to see that from, from anybody, no matter what their stuff is. Obviously, this guy's got pretty fearsome stuff. But you just you love the fact that these guys, you know, aren't intimidated. And, you know, I got to say, this is such a unique, weird season. But isn't it cool that we're getting all these debuts? And actually, good things are happening. You know, Madrigal started a little slow. But he more than makes up for it today. Roberts had an incredible debut. Uh, Hoyer, Matt Foster getting his first win. You've yeah. got these guys making debuts. And it's like, you know, it's not just, oh, yeah, they, they made a couple appearances. I mean, they're getting little milestones, you know, with, with each one of these debuts. It's pretty cool. And, you know... All over baseball, you're seeing kids get called up that, you know, let's say this was, let's say we're, we're past the service time in a regular season. I don't think half of these people that are called up all around baseball are called up. So it's just fun to see the young players getting called up, not just for the White Sox, but all around. And it's just, it's one thing that like, this is completely off topic, but it's one thing that you think about, like, I know this, I know sports are different and everything like that, but you think of the NFL and Rookies make an impact, and the NBA rookies make an impact, and then, I mean, right after the draft. But and then you think about baseball, and it usually takes two, three years or whatever for for prospects to get caught up, and it's just 
it's just nice seeing uh, younger guys getting getting called up and getting a chance to play and, and making an impact right away. Well, and refreshing what what Han has done with the White Sox. He said, "Okay, I got generational talents in my mind with a guy like Eloy." or a guy like Luis Robert, and you commit to them. I mean, it is sort of, as much as I hate to say it and admit it, it is a little bit of the game plan of, say, Cleveland, the mid-'90s. You know, they committed early, if I recall, to guys like Lofton and said, listen, it may be even early to commit this hard to guys, but we believe he's going to be a core piece. You know, make the bet. And if you flame out, okay, hey, you lose your job, but you're going for it. I love the fact that before these guys even played a game, they said, listen, we know what they're going to be. You know, let's go all in with these guys. Get them up quicker, because you're right. Now you've got the additional wrinkle of service time, so it's like, all right, guys may be ready. Maybe in a typical year, Andrew Vaughn, you know, might be a little bit ready. But then we got to do this thing where we wait like two more months, or you know, whatever it's going to be. Right. Oh, geez, you know, baseball does really punch itself in the face on a consistent basis, and this is one way they do it. And you're right with this sort of like wrinkle where it was what six days or whatever before service before the clock moved over it was refreshing because it's like okay we don't have to wait weeks or months to see nick madrigal magically six games into uh, his workouts at chomberg he's ready to play and hey he's proven he is ready to play how about that it's a good thing it's a good thing to see um i want to talk uh, a couple more things here i, I don't want to go for hours and hours but uh the two things that I wanted to talk about before we go, and then if you whatever you had to wanted to bring up, but Luis Robert in particular, um, a guy that I saw 2018 in Canapolis, his, his debut, and I saw his first. I'm going to tell a story. I've told it before on Future Sox podcast, but I doubt that people, uh, maybe some of our listeners have heard. It. So I'm at it's a day game. We're at Hickory. We're in Hickory, North Carolina. Uh, it's the middle of June. Robert had. His, his, it was his second game. His first game, he went over, uh, and there was, um, I think maybe there was a doublehead. I, I don't know what it was. Anyways, so the first, I think it was his first hit was an RBI single. But then later in the game, I'm stand, I'm sitting in the uh, first base dugout with the team, and taking pictures, and I'm sitting there, kind of, you know, on the, not, you know, there's two exits to the dugout, so the one closest to first base. I'm sitting there on the step. And I'm taking pictures of Robert's swing, and I'm taking the picture. And as I'm looking at at the at the swing, and I take the picture, I see it. I'm like, oh, you know, that's that's pop up first base, whatever. I look, and Robert hits it off the wall in right field, and he did that. He didn't hit it as far, but he kind of just stuck his butt out yesterday and just kind of poked one. And it wasn't just a poke; it was. It was a pretty, pretty sizable hit, and I, and it was at that moment in Canapolis where I'm just sitting there, like it was like from that, like the very first game I saw Luis Robert play, it was just like, oh my gosh, like this guy is, this is not, he doesn't belong here, and he's not going to be here very long. This is a guy that has serious talent, and then you know as I saw him in, in Winston, and then watched him on MILB TV in Birmingham and Charlotte. It was just like, this guy has all five tools. And it, it was just funny reading some of the national writers saying about, oh, his he's not going to be able to adjust and this and that. And we're seeing adjustments by Robert during at-bats, not just from game to game or from at-bats, at-bats, but, but during at-bats. And that's not something you see from 22-year-olds. 
Yeah, I think the aggressiveness is going to be something that's going to lead to, you know, potential uh, a slumping or, you know, a bad game or two strung together. But yeah, I heard a lot of talk about, you know, maybe a hole in a swing, a, a vulnerability to attack. I don't see it. You know, I see the aggressiveness, you know, which which is a great thing, too. The aggressiveness, you know, of course, is going to get him to, into a little trouble sometime. And certainly a smart pitcher is going to know how to uh, tantalize him into, you know, more swings and misses than you want to see. But, uh, boy, I sure don't see that hole. He can catch up on something fast and in. Uh, he has adjusted great to breaking stuff and been willing to take it to right, which is something I wasn't necessarily expecting. And you're right. Yesterday, that uh, that one armed, like almost poke to the to the to the warning track is like, excuse me, double. Holy cat! This is I mean, this is Frank Thomas stuff. That's exactly what I was gonna say. I remember watching Frank Thomas hit one handed home runs. And that's exactly what I thought of when I saw that. I mean, he's got a long way to go to get to Frank Thomas, but. Just, can field a little bit better too. So hey, yeah. Man. Oh well, yeah. yeah <laughs> it's he is, man. What a what a what a treat to, to have Luis Robert on the team. And um, I, I, a lot of people coming into this year asked me what I thought about you know comparisons and stuff like that. And since you know a lot of people have short memory spans when it comes to things, I, I told them I said, you know, I think he can be Ronald Acuna Jr. right off the bat. And people were just like, no, no way, because the swing thing. I was like, all right, just wait and see. Sure enough, he's doing that right now, right before our eyes. And it's just, it's nice to see someone in Chicago sports that was highly touted actually deliver. Yeah, yeah. No no, uh, no ramp up time, no fear. You know, I mean, of course, he, he's, he's got enough experience under him, even playing professionally cube i mean this isn't something you know i mean he's healthy now so he doesn't have necessarily the the injury worries um so the confidence should be there but you still like to see it play out and of course he's you know i don't know he's not facing you know garrett cole or whatever yet but it's still come on this is the majors he's thrust into a, a leadoff spot he doesn't he doesn't flinch uh he's hasn't he certainly hasn't flinched in the field where he's stealing fly balls from my buddy and making gappers look like nothing just swallowing them up uh Wow, I mean, this is guy really. He does take your breath away, and I, I, I have to admit, I did not, ex- I did not have the advantage of seeing him uh, downplaying a ball. Uh, he's just taking my breath away. I did not, I did not expect it. Just, it's just awesome. And, and you, as you, you yes, saw yesterday the, the post game between him and Eloy is just like <laughs> these guys. These guys are perfect for this time period. They love, they love the attention. It's not, you know what I mean, like. Some guys, they can't handle the pressure. You know, they can't handle things like that. But those two guys, and they just, they love being in the spotlight. And they're going to be in the spotlight. They're in Chicago as two of the best young players in the game. It's just they're going to be in the spotlight, and they, they embrace it. Well, he, he said no yesterday, but I'm going to keep asking if Luis is going to be the translator for Eloy because I think that would be pretty entertaining as well. He knows far more than he's letting on, that's for sure, because uh, – uh, he doesn't even necessarily need the the questions translated at this point. So he's going to be, I think, right on the same level, uh, Eloy, in terms of his interaction, you know, in English with media, and that's only going to make all all of both of their ascendances better because uh, <laughs> they're quite a combination. They're playing right next to each other out in the field, and uh, you know, you know, sometimes they just get four hits in the same game. You know, whatever. <laughs> uh, Brett, last thing I wanted to talk about. I know this has been a been a huge, a huge topic uh, for White Sox fans. 
when Mazzara is, is up and when Tim Anderson is healthy, what is your ideal White Sox batting order? Well, I think um, Ricky may have shown his hand a little bit uh, before the game today and just saying, talking about how similar Tim and Luis were as hitters. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, if that's if he really believes that, and let's face it, they're they're both impatient guys. They're not you know big on base guys. I think you know I, I hate to say it. I'm not certainly not going to talk down Tim at all. But I mean, he may have lost his his leadoff uh, spot, which I don't mind. I think I think there's something to be said for him down in the lineup, and that makes your eighth spot, your seventh spot, pretty darn dangerous when it's the defending uh, uh, banning title holder down that far. Mazzara, I don't know. It's a that's a wait and see thing. I mean, obviously, you know, righties you want to bat him up a little bit further, but you know, I I think we just we just need to see how his doing damage philosophy of not trying to fight the shift, not trying to poke a ball through, and and sort of uh, play down his slugging ability. Uh, I'd like to see that in action. I think what we've seen so far is a guy who can be you know whatever a, a, a legit six, let's say, but. Uh, these are good problems to have, man. You know, we didn't expect that Luis was necessarily going to be batting in the top of the order. And, you know, it's sort of, a, a I guess, a fortunate circumstance for Luis. Uh, or as Ricky said, it just gives him a chance to sort of test this out probably far earlier than he would have. And, you know, who knows? Maybe uh, against a, a, a more veteran pitcher, you do throw Timmy up at, at leadoff because, you know, he maybe has a little more savvy and experience. But these are great combinations to have. I don't know what your thoughts are. I think – I'm going to give you my one through nine, and we'll just we'll go from there. I, I think any combination of Mankata and Robert one two, I'm fine with. Yeah. Um, and I know, you know, I feel like this is never going to change. Abreu is not going to get out of the three hole, but I don't <laughs> think he should be in the three hole. I think that any combination of Grandal or Eloy in the three four is fine with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would put. Uh, Abreu at five, and then Edwin at six. And if you want to DH McCann, then then McCann at six. And then your seven is Tim Anderson. Your eight is Mazzara at this point. And then I, I would, act, you know, as, as long as Engel's doing what Engel's doing, I'm platooning him against a, a righty lefty until Mazzara's, unless Mazzara shows that he can do that, which I, I don't care about the past, whatever. Let's see what he does now. Um, I, I think. Mazzara at the eight and then Madrigal at nine. I think having Madrigal and Anderson, that bottom third of your lineup is just like, that's having like, there are some, there are teams out there that would have Anderson and Madrigal at one and two. Yeah. And having them at seven and nine or seven and eight or whatever, like that, like we just talked about, that just tells you, just shows you how deep this lineup can be when everyone is healthy. Yeah. By no means have I been a big uh, Adam Engel fan, but the no. defense I see in right, right, the fact that there's there's arm there that I didn't think he had. I mean, it's early and it's there's not, I haven't seen a lot of reps, but a little impressed by the arm. Uh, and the fact that, listen, he's carried over from the end of last season. And I think he's a, he's a legit platoon bat. There's going to be enough uh, injury or circumstance that's going to get Nomar uh, hitting against lefties or, or Engel maybe hitting a little more against righties. So we're going to see how that plays out uh, as is. But, yeah, I don't mind a, a platoon there at all. And, yeah, I think Nomar does have to, you know, prove he's going to do the damage at the very least against the righties. And he certainly have to show something against lefties before he gets out of that platoon because those are two legitimate players. And I think it's way too easy for us to overlook defense. Uh, you know, Nomar is at best average. I know he's trying. And, uh, but when you've got two guys, even with Luis Robert in center field, who can probably go <laughs> right. pull the pull. <laughs> Uh, I mean, that's a lot to ask when you got Eloy, who 
is not strong, and you've got Nomar, who is not strong. That that is a lot to ask, and I definitely love having, you know, a guy who maybe you're just going to toss the bat up with, uh, perhaps Nomar, and say, hey, they're, they're virtually maybe equal bats. Uh, if if Engel's hitting well, uh, then I'm going to take the guys playing D. So I don't mind. Uh, I don't mind that as a platoon at all. And, and obviously, yeah, they're they're the last third of the order. You do not have to move Nomar up unless he's really proven against righties. He's killing them. Then I want to see him moving up. But otherwise. Uh, I love your lineup, and, and man, it's delightful. Again, more Christmas morning stuff. It's just, it's, it's just a far cry from we've been, we've been talking about it. <laughs> yeah, we, just, we've been talking about it, and it, and it's here, and it's actually happening. I know they're five and four, and, and whatever, fine, but they, the last few years, they have fielded lineups with five major league players, maybe, maybe yeah. six, maybe. Yeah. When now there's a, when, nine. When AJ reads in there, I think you subtract one. So I think that's <laughs> taking down two. You know, <laughs> at least one and a half. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, it's just there aren't any guaranteed outs in these lineups anymore, and that's just that's not something we've seen for years, and that's that's good. Like there, there's protection all over the place for the for the batters, and it's just. It makes things a lot more difficult on pitchers when they, they you know, they see Mankata and they see Aloy, and then it's like Abreu. But then after that, it's like, what else was there? And yeah. and you know, there's no breathing room. No, you know, Grant, obviously, Kansas City should be frightened because they, I mean, they have few major league arms to begin with. But I mean, that's going to go for even the, the the legit staffs out there. No breathing room is no breathing room. Right. Being relentless is being relentless, and this team today certainly showed its ability to be relentless and it's going to be exciting to see now that the, the wheels are under them a little bit better and hopefully they're going to be attacking at full strength the next time we do get to see cleveland here shortly and and what damage they might be able to do against those guys because i think our offense compares well to, to anybody in the division even minnesota so if the pitching can just can just be i don't want to say average but just maybe a tick above average i, I think it's at least playoffs because you only you only got to finish second right exactly and <laughs> You know, and even if they don't, looking at the wild cards, uh, I'm sitting here, uh, you know, I'm watching MLB TV um, uh, quite a bit these days, and I see the Orioles sweep the Rays. You think the Rays went from a 95-win team or whatever it was last year to getting swept by the Orioles this year? And, man, their offense is not – it's not good. I mean, their pitching is, is is pretty decent, but their offense is not good. So you think you think the Yankees are going to be at the top of that division and then whoever else, but then who are you competing with for a wild card out of that division? Probably the I don't know the, the Blue Jays. I mean, what what? You, so there's not there's not a lot that scares you out of there. We know what's in the Central and in the West, like the Astros. They they hung on to beat uh, the Angels today, but like there just aren't a ton of outstanding teams in the American League outside of. I mean, you have to think the Yankees, the Indians, and the Twins right now are. And the Astros. So there, there's four teams right there. But then after that, it's just like the A's have been, you know, here and there. I know we're only 10 games in, but it's like there aren't a bunch of teams that you can definitively say that, man, they're head and shoulders better than the White Sox. Well, and it can be – it's going to be – it's probably going to play out as a season of streaks. So you really do just have to get high. You, you, you take a chunk out of the schedule where you win for a week. I mean the Sox are already halfway there. You win for a week and, you know, you've, you've crossed off a, a tenth of your – uh, a schedule with with wins and with this offense alone, you know, much less maybe the way bullpens play. With this offense, that can get 
that could be responsible for three, four wins, you know, right there. I mean, there's no reason why the White Sox with the way Milwaukee started um, maybe can't just cut through this four-game series and take a three or four of those, too, and then come into with a full head of steam to Cleveland. And then by that time, this could be a first-place team we're talking about. I completely agree. And and with the Brewers also losing Kane and – Yelich has been garbage to start the season. This is it's a perfect time now to, to get these Brewers. And like you said, I I would be I think three three out of four is something that is very feasible. If you don't take at least two, then we're having problems again. But <laughs> yeah. I, I think anything above a split is just that would be that's that's what you have to look at now for each of these series is you know, a splitter better and then two out of three. And those are things that you couldn't say, you know, the last five years or whatever, where you go into series against actual legitimate opponents, not name the Royals and not name the, the, the Orioles or or Tigers, where you're saying we expect to win two out of three every single time. This offense against Cleveland at home, you know, in a week or so is going to be a nice test, but we, we see them, really working on all cylinders and what damage they might be able to do against Cleveland. You know, we're talking, we're, we're thinking at least two out of three, you can push them to where it's a sweep or competitive for all three games. And you've got a real different mindset for the season. And you realize it's truly going to be a fight. Uh, maybe not just for second place, but for first place. Yeah. And it's just, I, I guess the, the overall thing is it's nice to be talking about things that, uh, as a fan, you, you talk about things, and it's like maybe they're not actually feasible, but these things are, are feasible things that we're talking about. And it's nice that it's coming together on the field and we're actually getting to watch enjoyable baseball. Clint, we are not guzzling the Kool-Aid. We might be sipping it, but we are not guzzling it. There's no Kool-Aid to guzzle here. This is just legit good baseball. And, hey, we're we're absorbing it. We're just talking about it. Yep. This has been good stuff. There's nothing to round up here. We're, we're taking it in. I don't got to guzzle it. <laughs> Uh, do you have anything else you wanted to add? I mean, I think I, I know, we've talked for half hour or so. I don't know what else you wanted to, to bring up. We've only played nine games. I think we've addressed most of the topics. Is there anything else you wanted to, to bring up? You know, it's early, and Clint, we're White Sox fans, so if we talk too long, it's going to start to get yeah. negative or despondent. So let's just, you know, let's jump off the cliff together on this one and just be happy. Let's glide for another week, and then maybe we meet up again and we're talking about the first place White Sox. The uh, Sox have the Brewers for four, the Indians for three, I believe. Is that right? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then Friday through Sunday? Yep, and then we get to go to Detroit, which should not be too taxing. Oof, that'll be uh, – <laughs> that, that, that's another thing where, I mean, you – I don't who knows what to make of the Tigers. They, they played well, they, but they played a Reds team that was missing Moose and, and Sinzel, and they came back, and I don't know. It's just, baseball is just crazy right now, but uh, definitely a team that you should sweep take two out of three years sleep um but yeah so i think that's all we have brett um man it's it's been a the opening night was a disaster you you, you think about with, with giolito and then you saw what keichel did to bounce back and then they lost a bunch and then now they've won four in a row i think i have just man I, I think it's gonna be like that most of the season but there's gonna be more ups than downs i think this year and Clint, and probably we're talking about baseball. So even if it yep. wasn't so sweet, it'd still be just fun to be talking to you again about baseball. Let's just hope, knock on something, uh, let's just hope we can be talking maybe in a week or two's time about baseball still. All right, man. Uh, it's been good talking to you. Let's not do. Let's not wait another eight months before we do <laughs> this again. 
Sounds good, Brent. All right, um, that's gonna do it for the uh, this version of this uh, this episode of the Southside Hit Pin Podcast. That's Brett Valentini. I'm Clinton Cole. Thanks for listening. Sox get the Brewers for four, Indians for three. They're five and four right now in second place in the AL Central. <laughs>